fool you a little, a little bit. They can tend to be very charismatic, but you're still going to feel a little bit of separation from them. A little bit of separation from them. What are some other things you might look for? Impatience. If there's somebody that you're feel, feeling like want to move something on in a hurry, you're probably dealing with who? Samuel or Ina, because Ina's... What are some other things you might look for? How their office looks? Absolutely. Look for photos? That type of thing? Nope. Body language. Let's talk, the great thing, let's talk about body language a little bit. How would, who would be very expressive probably with their hands? Ina, absolutely. And probably Felicia, to some, some degree. So who would, be more, who would be probably the tightest of everyone? You got it. You got it. Um, who is going to be the one that's going to be, who, of the two, who is going to be more me-focused, drawing attention to themselves? Ina and Samuel. Very good. They're going to be more interested in that. Who's, and so the, whereas Felicia's going to be more other-focused. And, and as a general, these are blaring generalizations. As a blaring generalization, Theodore is going to be a little more inward. Right? Do you guys see where this could be beneficial? Let me give you a, another example that's out of the corporate world, but I, it's just such a great story. Coca-Cola Enterprise has hired me to work with the women that handle um, consumer complaints so that when you find a roach in your Coca-Cola, these are the women that you call, right? And these are these wonderful, bosomy southern women that when you call, they go, oh, honey, I am so sorry you've got a roach in your Coca-Cola. I'm going to send you a new one, <laughs> right? They were great. Well, top management was smart enough to realize that these women were getting a lot of information, that they were talking directly with consumers, they were getting good stuff on quality assurance. So they asked that these women start, start to make a quarterly report to them. Well, these women would get up there and go, well, honey, let me tell you, and these guys and women were going, get these flakes out of here. <laughs> and so these women were brought to me to train. They were smart. They said, we get it. They went into the next meeting and they said, we talked to approximately 2,200 people last quarter, and 32% of them said, next thing they knew, they thought they were great. They did what I want you to do, and that's that they practice the platinum rule. Now, who all remembers the golden rule from school? Okay, who all can repeat it? Oh, I don't think that's the one I don't remember. Where did you go to school? Uh, what, what, repeat again. He who makes the gold makes the rules. He who makes the gold makes the rules. You went to school. Has the gold makes the rules. You went with Samuel. The one that I remember is do unto others as you would have done unto you. Okay, so in communications, man, in communications, what does that mean? Communicate what the way that most of you are communicating and are not even aware of it, you are communicating to other people the way you like to be communicated to. It's human nature, right? So I'm a Samuel C. Sensor, so how do I communicate to you? Bullets. To the point. Right? If I'm a Felicia Feeler, how am I communicating with you? Yeah. Tell me, tell me about your vacation. You know? Tell me about the family. Right? If I'm a Theodore Thinker, how am I communicating to you? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. If, and then if I'm an intuitor, how am I communicating with you? Right? It's, it's showtime. Right? So we are a lot of times, in most cases, communicating to other people the way that we like to be communicated to. 
If you don't remember anything else, this is what's critical, is to learn to flex your style to match that of the other person. To flex your style. Now, least you think that, and this is real important, intention's everything. If we do this to manipulate the other person, is it going to work? No. Everybody has these huge built-in BS meters and they'll just start clicking, right? But if you stretch your style to truly be able to connect with the other person, will it work? You bet it will. It will work almost every single time. Let me give you an example. I worked with a woman that's head of a very large arts organization in Asheville, North Carolina. They were getting ready to go through a major capital campaign. She went into a very influential leader in the Asheville community to ask him to be the uh, chair of the capital campaign. She is a classic Samuel C. Censor. Classic. She said, Randy, her name's Ruth, she said, Randy, I walked into Bob's office and I swear to you, there were 32 photographs on the credenza. She said, and I said, <laughs> and she said, I took a deep breath, I leaned back in the chair and I said, Bob, tell me about the photos. <laughs> 32 minutes later, we were just on number seven. I thought I was going to lose my mind. 45 minutes later, 45 minutes, Randy, we were finally through the 12th one. And Bob turned to me and said, Ruth, certainly you didn't come here to talk, talk about my grandchildren. And she said, and I was able then to talk to him about why I was there, and he agreed to do it. She said, it would have never, ever ever had happened if I had done it my old way. Ever. She walked in, she saw the office, and she flexed her style to matches. Now, I'm teasing you about that. But, but the truth, it, it was a stretch for her. But the truth is now she is now realizing that she has to soften with some people, that it's okay to do that with some people, but not with others. Right? So, are you going to talk about the wife and kids or photos? Small talk? Small talk? Small talk? You betcha. It ain't happening to that relationship's been built. Small talk? And focus on Anna. <laughs> right? Right? These, and again, not to manipulate, not to manipulate, but to build a bridge so that you can communicate with these people. It's absolutely imperative. And something that each one of us can do, and I have to catch myself to do it. I have to catch myself to do it. Really important stuff. Any questions about that flexing? Yeah. Maybe a question, but if I'm working with Alicia, and she likes to talk about other people, right. how communicate to her, mm -hmm. and talk about her, then you just, I met Felicia. Um, you're right. A lot of times Felicia will talk about other people, and Felicia's a lot of times, if they aren't careful, can be a little bit gossipy, because um, they are the grapevine. They are the grapevine. Remember that their need, you don't need to go, you don't want to get, you know, in most cases you don't want to go in that swamp with her. But remember her need is to build relationship, is to build relationship and to feel some sense of who you are. So what we learn is that self-disclosure sometimes begets self-disclosure. I work a lot of times with Theodore thinkers that are heads of associations. I'm working with one right now that's head of a major association. And he came to me and said, I'm, he, and he has an excellent reputation, but he said, I'm not presenting as well as I should. Well, what we realized was we did an audit, but I already knew what the problem was. We did an audit, and what everybody said is this guy is dynamite, but we don't have a feel for who he is as a person. 
So what he had to learn to do is to self-disclose, and it's just as simple. It doesn't mean he has to get up there and bleed and tell us all of his vulnerabilities. But what it does mean, instead of saying, there was an article, there was an article that quoted da-da-da-da-da, he now in a speech will say, you know, this morning I was having breakfast and I read the paper and there was an article. See the difference? He infused a little bit of him in there. He didn't have to tell everybody his private life, but he had to at least give us a glimpse into his life. So self-disclosure, I'm sorry. Any other questions? Yes? Is it always easy for dealing with the like? Great question. Is it always easier if you're dealing with the like? Sometimes sensors can do what? You get two highly competitive sensors and they might butt heads. Um, in most cases, we tend to like people that are like us. In most cases, we tend to like people that are like us. But there are some situations that might be different. Might be different. Great. Other questions? Good. Do you all see where you could take this and use this in the workplace? Good. Good, good question. Let's talk about email. Um, how is, how, Sam, who loves email? Who's going to respond to email? Who likes email the best? Yeah, Theodore and Samuel. They're both, they don't have to deal with you, and it's just it's a little quicker, and I can check it off my list. Whereas these two are going to want what? what? More personal, right? Now, what, with an email, Theodore's going to need what? Yeah, going to need a lot of detail, a lot of facts and stuff. What does Samuel want? Does Samuel want your pathetic little jokes? Right? Now, what does Ina want? Send me those jokes, man. There's some great stuff out there, right? And what does Felicia want? Recipes, yeah. Love that. She wants to know about your weekend and, and want to tell you about hers. Yeah, it's the same thing, whether it's written or whatever. Just remember that in writing, when we're writing to a Samuel, how are we going to write? Bulleted, to the point, cliff note version. Exact opposite for Theodore. Ina doesn't want much detail because Ina's got other places to go, right? And, and we'll find that Felicia, again, will probably want a little bit more detail, but again, we'll skew more to the personal side. Yes? Absolutely. Um, Theodore, you remember, if you're dealing with a Theodore, what Theodore and Samuel will respond to is if you are brief and concise and use numbers. I, I know you're busy. There are three things I need to go over. Um, Samuels love to be busy, right? And they love to tell you how busy they are. It's a feeling of importance to them. So to be very respectful of their time becomes important. So, yeah. Is there a way to gauge what a person is if you don't know them? Oh, if you don't know by the phone. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. You all, one of the most important things that we forget to do is ask other people that know these people about their preferences. And we can do that, and it's something you have a right to do. So you, if you're dealing with a board member or a volunteer, ask the support person, how does Bob, Jane, whoever, how do they like to get information? Do they, like, do they need top line? I mean, ask those questions. You know the right questions to ask. And a lot of times we just simply don't do that. But on the phone, again, if you can sense any impatience, you've got a good feel where you're on the, you're on the um, right-hand side of the quadrant. Yes? Good point. What if, you're, what if you're presenting to a group of people that's all of it, all of the above? It, excuse me? Oh, like an e-newsletter? Again, let's start with the e-newsletter. Again, you can make some blaring generalizations by their titles, by the careers that they've chosen. 
1600, then you might not be able, you might be, yeah, you might be up the creek on that one. But let's talk about in a sales presentation what you normally do. If you are making a presentation of some type, whether it's your board or volunteers or whatever, and you've got a mixture of these people, normally the way that I will do it is make some blaring generalizations. I will present pretty much for the sensor because a lot of times the sensor is kind of the standard with the way that we look at communications. So I will tend to be very bolded to the point. A lot of times I will have a handout, however, 